strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, ongoing election coverage uh, here at KTAR. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead today. Happy birthday to the Marine Corps, by the way. 247 years old. Doesn't look a day over 210. Really fantastic. Happy birthday, and uh, thank you for your service to all the Marines. Uh, current, active, reserves, uh, and veterans. Much appreciated. Joining me right now is a guy who gets very little sleep. But uh, Between having a, a young one at home uh, and also being the Steve Kornacki of the Valley, Garrett Archer, the ABC 15 data guru, uh, doesn't see the inside of his eyelids very often. And, and Garrett, uh, first of all, thank you for all of the uh, the hard work that you put in. I know you're staying up late, you're getting up early, and, and we all appreciate it. Uh, and the other thing, my friend, is just how well you keep us up to date on the social medias. Uh, really a tremendous job, and, and we owe you a, a debt of gratitude for the work that you do. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate that. Yeah. So, Garrett, uh, Axios reporting that a significant number of voters uh, look like they have supported candidates from both parties instead of voting straight ticket. And I, I guess I'm wondering, uh, is Axios right on this? Are you seeing the same thing? Uh, are we seeing a lot of uh, split tickets? Um, There is split ticket voting. Uh, It is uh, not as pronounced as, say, we've seen in the past, uh, you know, for example, with the Ducey Cinema midterms of 2018 uh, and uh, even even to an extent 2020. But there is absolutely split ticket voting going on. We can see uh, the Republican slate uh, is uh, relatively unified. But obviously we see we have uh, a few candidates tracking with each other. Lake, Hamaday are are tracking with each other. Tom Horn is tracking above them, and then uh, we see that uh, uh, Mark Fincham and um, uh, Blake Masters are tracking slightly below. So, what does that say then about uh, Arizona's and their their political leanings? Are we are we wildly independent? Are we full on purple? Uh, yeah, it does show that there's still, you know, it, there is a persistent break in the Republican Party out here. Um, well, muted this year than it was in 2020, where there are still a certain number of Republicans. Uh, some may call them never Trumpers. Some just uh, demographically, typically they live in the, uh, you know, the sort of the wealthier and more educated areas of the valley. And um, they tend to not support uh, the Trump candidates at the same level as uh, a more traditional candidate. And and we saw that in 2020, and, and we're seeing that a little bit in 2022. But again, it, it does seem to be more muted. The, the Republican Party is a little more unified now than it was in 2020. What about the Democratic Party? Are, are we seeing split tickets on their part, or are they all tracking pretty well the same? No, they're, they're tracking uh, very close. Uh, obviously, there's there's uh, differences between Hobbs and Kelly uh, and some of the others. You know, that's that's pretty obvious, but that seems to be more of a, an issue of uh, turnout for them as well as uh, independent support on the Democratic side. I, I, w- I would probably attribute more to that than anything else. Uh, and we've seen that in the, if you look at the exit polling and, and some of the other polling we've seen, we, we, we do see indicators of that. You know, Democrats are typically getting 96 percent of their party, um, right. where Republicans were typically getting either 90 to 85 percent of their party support. Uh, Garrett Archer is the data guru from uh, ABC 15. Are you seeing people because the numbers don't always uh, add up uh, when you when you add, uh, you know, the number of votes counted in the secretary of state's race versus the governor's race, for instance. Are you seeing that people skipped voting on some races more than others? Are there are there some that really energize people and some that that voters are staying away from? 
Uh, that's a good question. I haven't actually run the numbers as to what the drop-off is, if it's more significant comparatively to other elections yet. Um, that, that's something I can do today. Uh, but, yeah, we, we typically do see as the ballot goes, as, as the voter goes down ballot, there typically is a drop-off. What will be interesting to note uh, is if there's a larger drop-off in the gubernatorial election this year than if there, you know, in years past. Uh, I, I want to also recommend real quick here that uh, people give a follow to uh, Garrett Archer, the data guru on uh, the Twitter machine. He's one of my favorite Twitter follows, and uh, Garrett picks up about 10,000 new followers every election. Uh, you really should be following him year-round because it's not just election results. That's what he's uh, so uh, known for in a high-profile sense, but uh, he does a great job year-round. So, Garrett, uh, fantastic. When can we expect uh, an update on some of the, the results, both statewide and in Maricopa and maybe Pinal counties? You said there's about a half a million ballots, give or take, left uh, that are the mostly going to be late, early drop-offs. These are these are people who had an early vote and dropped it off in a, in a, in a secure drop-box at the polling place. Um, I'm expecting to see the rural counties typically just trickle in during the day. Uh, so we should see updates from you know, Yavapai, Cocodino, Cochise, uh, some of the rural counties. And then the big counties, the ones everyone's waiting for. They're more consistent in their timing, and we should see uh, ballot drops from them, uh, from Pima and Maricopa, around 6 to 7 o'clock tonight. I think that's, uh, that's what everyone's waiting for, to see what those two counties do. And maybe the most important question, is there any time of year that you hear the word tranche used outside of the elections? Because I just love that <laughs> no, we get to use the word not. tranche. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I never hear the it? word tranche outside of talking about the way that our, ballot, uh, yeah. our ballots are organized. Never. We never do. Uh, Garrett Archer, our uh, data guru from ABC 15. Garrett, really good to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your hard work. Absolutely. All right, friend. Uh, back to the uh, back to the hard work. He's paying close attention to it. The guy really does just crunch numbers and numbers and numbers. And I I watch people sort of attack him on on Twitter. And the craziest thing about Garrett, he's not here, so we can talk about him behind his back. The craziest thing about Garrett is how well he replies to people. He really doesn't lose his cool. Uh, people will come at him, and he always, as people come at him. If it's if they're if they're responding to me in the way that they respond to him, I immediately assume that they are on my keister. Garrett always assumes the best of people, and he tries to explain. You know, well, here's what's going on. Here's what's been laid out before. Here's the information. Here's the links to it. He does a great job. But for me, I just go, shut up, moron. <laughs> Not Garrett. He's a consummate professional and uh, and a good. He's a great follow too, and he has uh, pictures of the family up there as well uh, on the Twitter machine. He's just a good dude all the way around. We're we're blessed to have him uh, in the valley. Uh, I'm I'm curious about he meant he made mention of the rural counties and he mentioned Cochise County, and I'm really curious about what's going to happen with Cochise County because they've decided to go forward with the hand count. Uh, you may recall that they decided to do a hand count and then they were sued because that's you can't just do a hand count. Um, that's, that's not the way that it works. But the supervisors there decided that even though a judge said, no, you can't just do a hand count, that's, that violates election law, uh, they decided to do it anyway. Um, so the court said you can't do it. They're defying the court. It's I listen, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't tell you that it's open contempt. But as a layman, it seems very open and contempty to me. The Board of Supervisors authorizing the attorney to appeal the ruling uh, that the judge issued that barred them from doing the, the hand count. Uh, 
they want to appeal that ruling to the Arizona Supreme Court. It complicates the timeline for when or if the controversial count would actually happen. So what they did is they said, well, right, but the law is that we have to start a hand count within 24 hours of when the polls close on Election Day. So they decided, well, even though we've been told that the, the courts interpret the laws, and the interpretation is, no, we can't do a hand count, we've decided to ignore that. But we have also then decided that we are going to adhere to the other law that says we have to start a hand count within 24 hours of the polls closing. So they've decided we're going to do a we're going to do a hand count anyway. According to the uh, the Arizona Republic uh, on Wednesday, the supervisors voted to follow the attorney the, uh, the county attorney's advice uh, to lodge an appeal. Um. Wednesday's vote authorized the county to pay the attorney despite earlier intentions from uh, uh, from other uh, supervisors to use private funding so as to not put the cost on Cochise taxpayers. Arizona Republic, ArizonaCentral.com requesting records on the lawyers, retainers, and fees. Uh, when contacted by the, uh, the newspaper, um, the county attorney hung up on them. They said that the request for the appeal will go directly to the Arizona uh, Supreme Court. Uh, What happens now? I don't know. Nobody seems to know. It's open defiance of the court ruling. The court rules one way, and they go, well, we don't like that ruling, so we're going to do it anyway. Friends, there are a couple of issues that I have with this matter. The first is rule of law, unless we don't like it, and then we're going to do whatever we want anyway. The second is, we start to see an awful lot of lawsuits pile up in an emergency setting. And have you heard the phrase, uh, a failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part? So this notion of, well, we've decided last minute that we're going to change the way we do all of our elections. And then um, and then when it gets to the courts and we're told no, then we're going to say, well, we have to do it anyway. No. You know what? Change the laws with plenty of time to push it through the courts. None of this last-minute emergency nonsense. So tired of that stuff. All right. The big question that so many of us have, uh, in Maricopa County anyway, is what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? And it's next. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead, KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. I have just a, a couple minutes here before we uh, uh, check on news. Uh, Chris Merrill in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. Something's been bothering me for a while, and that is this uh, this box three, right? The, oh, what's in the box? What's in the box? It's this box three. It's the, the ballots that are left to account and this election glitch. This is, we heard this from uh, Supervisor Gates that, hey, listen, there have been some tabulation errors. This was a Tuesday, you remember? There have been some tabulation errors. If your, if your uh, uh, ballot doesn't read through the tabulator, you simply drop it into this part of the election box labeled three. And then you drop it in there, and it stays safe, and we'll count that when we tabulate the, the stuff at the, the central counting uh, the, uh, downtown, right? And so this became kind of a national story. 20% of the tabulators are failing. Oh, obviously this is all screwed up, blah, blah, blah. 
this big mess and and uh, oh what a disaster and Kelly Ward came out and, and blamed uh, Stephen Richer for it and said oh the only way to fix this is to elect good Republican uh, officials to oversee our elections ignoring the fact that Steve Richer is an elected Republican official overseeing the elections blamed him for it uh, Gates said don't worry trust us everything's fine he's a Republican uh, put the ballot in in box three. Well, box three ends up being about 17,000 ballots in Maricopa County that wouldn't scan. And if you heard Jim Sharp Sharper point this morning, he did a great job of describing that. If you go to a different uh, polling place than your designated polling place, they have to print you a ballot on site so that you have access to be able to vote on, say, your own school board or your own uh, dog catcher. That's always the example people love to use, use is the dog catcher, right? You'll have, an ex- you'll have a ballot that is specific to you and your district, even if you're voting elsewhere, which you're allowed to do in Arizona. Well, the printers weren't printing the the labels dark enough was the issue. So the tabulators weren't, weren't gathering those. So they needed to be dropped in this box three so that they could be added up later. Right? The vote is supposed to count. It's supposed to be fine. But this was being used. Even Tucker Carlson was talking about people not being able to vote in Maricopa County because, oh, look, the tabulator is not counting the votes and you're supposed to put it in, in slot three. Two things go into this. First... Can we get some voting tabulators that don't have to use mailbox address numbers to describe box three? Why does it have to look like somebody ripped that off of their U.S. Postal Service box in order to stick it onto the tabulator? Can we class things up just a little bit? Spend the extra nickel. Go to Home Depot. Get some better lettering. It's not hard. All right? That's the first thing. All right? It looks, it looks hokey as hell. Looks like somebody just pulled that straight out of the 1980s. Stop doing that. we got to be classier. Second, if Democrats lose in some of these statewide elections, what's to stop them from taking a supercut of Katie Hobbs talking about election conspiracies? Excuse me, uh, Carrie Lake uh, talking about election conspiracies. Take some of the words of Kelly Ward talking about conspiracies. Talking about Stephen Richer being responsible for things not working, or Bill Gates uh, not uh, not running this election properly as a supervisor and and, and really uh, 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 screwing things up, and saying, you know what, maybe they were right all along. We lost the election, and they've said that it was tainted, that it was run wrong, and it was run by Republicans. Why wouldn't the Democrats capitalize on this? I mean, the only thing stopping them is to take the high road and say that we're going to believe in the, in the election and the integrity of our elections. Otherwise, if they just say, you know what, why not? Let's just do it. It seems to be working for them. The Republicans are winning in Arizona on this message. Why wouldn't the Democrats embrace the whole the election is rigged nonsense and use the words of the Republicans against them? It's beyond me why they wouldn't do that. Expect supercuts to hit your social media soon. We'll talk conspiracies ahoy next. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead, KTAR. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. I just made uh, comments about the outstanding ballots, the box number three. What's in the box? The box number three is where you were supposed to put your ballots if the tabulator wasn't reading them. And for about 17,000 of you, that was the case. Could be because the the printer wasn't coming out right. Could be because the the, the election workers uh, put the wrong password in too many times. And all of a sudden, you can't tabulate things quite right. So it just becomes a drop box, basically. 
Well, that was enough to say, oh, we've got conspiracies. We've got the election is rigged. It's happening. It's happening. Carrie Lake uh, issued a voter alert on her Twitter account. Um, former President Trump weighed in on Truth Social, saying that the problems at voting sites would disproportionately affect Republicans. And he says, uh, can this possibly be true when a vast majority of Republicans waited to vote, uh, waited for today to vote uh, after he and other conspiracy theorists urging supporters to wait until Election Day to vote, saying, here we go again, the people will not stand for it. So there you go. Now, of course, there's no evidence that we, okay, he's right that the Republicans are voting uh, more in person than they did mail-in ballots, but there is, we don't know that, um, if this were a court of law, it would be uh, purely an estimate, right? It would be conjecture. It wouldn't necessarily be uh, fact-based. Even though we're pretty sure that's the case, he's right. There's there's nothing to support that until after things are counted, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't know. So what's happening is we're getting these, uh, we're getting hiccups, right? And those hiccups are being listed as unprecedented irregularities. And so you've got uh, you've got people saying, well, there you go. If anything goes wrong on Election Day, the Republicans are going to pounce on that because they've done such a good job of laying the groundwork to say that things are all right. This is politics. They're playing the game, right? They're playing the game. And, they, and this is kind of the identity that they've wrapped themselves in, that the election is fixed, that, they, that, that uh, there is a Democratic machine out to get them and a machine that can't be stopped even by Republicans. Republican supervisors, Republican recorders, uh, Republicans up and down the list of those in charge of of the election, with the exception of Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State. It's Republicans that are in charge of this. And even Dr. Kelly Ward, GOP chair, turned on Stephen Richer, the recorder, who's a Republican saying was all his fault. So they've done a good job of laying the groundwork, and then they're willing to sacrifice one or two of their own if that means continuing to stoke this fear that the liberals are stealing things. So up and down, they continue to claim, ah, this is all because of, of uh, this is all because of a, a vast left-wing conspiracy that even the Republicans that they put forth a couple of years ago are buying into and perpetrating on the American people. And frankly, I think this is part of the reason that people are sort of fed up with the the, the Trump-endorsed candidates. I think people are getting burnt out. I do. In fact, it's not just me that says people are being burnt out on, on, on sort of the, the, the MAGA onslaught of everyone's out to get us constantly, constantly, constantly. And, and everything is a conspiracy and everything is this over-the-top nonsense. Paul Ryan actually says the biggest problem right now is Donald Trump. This is Paul Ryan talking with WISN Milwaukee. Ryan talking to 12 News about the election results. Republicans were not expecting. Republicans didn't see that red wave like they were predicting. Why do you think that is? And what kind of lessons do you think Republican leadership should be taken away from? Yeah, I think we're going to have to do a lot of soul searching and, you know, head scratching and, and, and looking through and parsing the numbers as to why we didn't perform as well as we would have liked to have. Why do you think it is? I mean, I 
think Trump's kind of a drag on our ticket. I think, I think Donald Trump um, gives us problems politically. We lost the House, the Senate, and the White House in two years when Trump was on the ballot or in office. And I think we just have some Trump, Trump hangover. I think he's a drag on our, on, our, on our offices and our races. When it came to the likelihood of former President Donald Trump running for president again. I love it when the reporter is reporting from outside the, the election uh, tabulation center. They have to speak like this. <laughs> it's like they're in a library. Don't do your live shot from inside a library. It's the same thing when they're outside the, the election center. Um, we also talked to him about this. It's fantastic. I didn't pull any punches. I mean, I assume he's probably going to announce, but I honestly don't think he'll get the nomination at the end of the day. And the reason I think that is because we want to win. We Whoa. want to win the White House. And we know with Trump, we're so much more likely to lose. So it's really clear to me, and the evidence is pretty stark, that if we have a nominee not named Trump, we're so much more likely to win the White House than if our nominee is named Trump. Wow. In Janesville, Caroline Reinwald, WISN. Wow. Paul Ryan, like they said, not pulling any punches. And Trump is catching grief from other other notable uh, members of his own party. Remember, after an election, the name of the game is blame. If your party does well, somebody's going to get credit. But moreover, the other side is going to blame somebody. If the Democrats had seen the red wave that was predicted, it would have been... Joe Biden is to blame. Joe Biden is a weak leader. Joe Biden is not a likable president. Joe Biden is the problem and will blame Joe Biden. Instead, it wasn't a red wave. It's more of a red ripple. And so they're saying, why didn't the Republicans do better when the guy in the White House is has got a low approval rating? And they're saying it's Trump's fault. They're laying it at, uh, at the foot of the former president. The blame is falling on Donald Trump. Maggie Haberman was on CNN. Maggie Haberman's from New York Times, so take it or leave it. CNN talking with a New York Times reporter. You decide whether or not you find it credible. But here's what he was said. saying yesterday behind the scenes because I know he's. Tw- By the way, I-, I love Caitlin Collins as an analyst, not as a host. Uh, not great. Uh, continue. Yeah, he's posting yeah. on his website about he personally believes he was successful, but Republicans themselves were not on Tuesday night. Right. It was. It was for some people. It was disappointing, but I did well. Was essentially his tweet, and that's also not true. By the way, like he did well. In some places, um, privately, according to multiple people I talked to, he was very angry. Uh, the focal point of his anger was the Oz race in particular because that was not a natural fit for him, and he was convinced to do it. And of course, he never takes responsibility for any of his own decisions. It's always that somebody, some some staffer tricked him. And I think, Caitlin, to your question, this is something that I heard a lot of complaining about from people around him yesterday. You know, his 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 aides who are in his world, paid aides, are all insisting nothing's wrong, status quo, everything goes forward. Um, other people are saying, how many years are we going to spend blaming it on staff? And so, and I think you were going to hear more of that as we go forward. All right. So members of the GOP holding Donald Trump responsible, he's saying, uh, he's saying, you're hearing the narrative from the corrupt media that I am angry about the midterms. Don't believe it. I'm not at all angry. I did a great job. I wasn't the one running and I'm very busy looking into the future. Remember, I am a stable genius. He may announce his uh, ambition for the to return to the White House in 2024. That announcement may come as early as next Tuesday. We shall see. In fact, we'll kind of question. Will Trump announce that he's uh, running for the White House again? Uh, will that come before or after he's readmitted to Twitter, which may come 
sooner. Uh, we'll find out. In fact, more on uh, what's happening with Twitter in just a moment. Chris Maryland from Mike Broomhead at KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, if the Republicans take the majority in the House, then what does it matter? And you've got a, a, a Democrat in the White House. What does it matter who wins the Senate? We'll discuss that uh, coming up here after our uh, 11 o'clock news. I, I had to make mention of this, though. Um, I have been following the chaos of Twitter ever since Elon Musk took over. Um <laughs> Elon Musk takes over and he decides to implement things, fire a bunch of staff, implement a bunch of things. And remember, he said comedy is coming back to Twitter and free speech is alive again. And then people started mocking him and he started blocking them. And then he says that he's going to implement uh, initially it was a twenty dollar fee for Twitter blue, which would give you a verified check mark without being verified. <laughs> he then negotiated on Twitter was Stephen King uh, and got it down to $8. So it's $8 a month to get the little blue check mark to show that you are who you say you are, whether or not you are who you say you are. So he said he was going to hold off on that until after the midterm election so as to not spread uh, misinformation. <laughs> People wouldn't have the opportunity to spread misinformation posing as someone else. So, for instance, I could change my Twitter handle to uh, uh, capital K A R uh, lowercase L, which would look like a capital I, um, and then capital L A K E, Carrie Lake, right? I could be at Carrie Lake, but just it would look like Carrie Lake, but it wouldn't necessarily be Carrie Lake. And then I could pay to have a blue check mark next to my name, and so I could then pose as Carrie Lake on on Twitter. And I could post outrageous things, or I could say something about, uh, you know, staying at home because we don't believe in the election, whatever it might be. Um, so, uh, or I could do the same thing with Katie Hobbs. I would use uh, I would use capital letters, and I would use a lowercase l instead of the i in Katie, and then uh, pretend that I'm Katie Hobbs. This is just an example of what what one could do. As we saw this happen, as people took over, uh, excuse me, as Elon Musk took over, people started uh, changing their names to at Elon Musk, emulating his exact uh, 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 handle, at E, capital I, which looks like a lowercase l, O-N, Musk, on Twitter. So it looks like it's his account. And then blue check mark, and then they would they would say outrageous things, and then he was banning people for mocking him, basically. So evidently, comedy is not alive if he's the punchline. Free speech is not allowed if it's uh, if it's something that he doesn't like. So there's been <laughs> there's been a crush of people headed to alternative sites. One called Mastodon. And I checked this out. Uh, to be honest, I'm an old fuddy-duddy, so don't don't take my word for it. If you're younger and you're listening, you probably have seen this. And you go, yeah, Mastodon's great. I use it all the time. It's fantastic. It's easy. Whatever it is. I'll get on there. It's It's got a lot of uh, Twitter-like attributes. Uh, I checked it out. Uh, it also feels... 
very much like you go from a uh, from being in a room full of people to a room with just a handful of people. Um, so I'm still trying to get used to that. But evidently, uh, servers for this Mastodon, which is uh, the alternative to Twitter, an alternative to Twitter, have uh, melted down because of people who are mad at Elon Musk and they've decided to leave Twitter and go find somewhere else to go. Elon Musk is pleading with advertisers to stay on Twitter. Please stay. Please don't go anywhere. And others uh, who aren't happy about Elon Musk are turning to President Biden and saying, isn't there anything you can do? Mr. President, do you think Elon Musk is a threat to U.S. national security? And should the U.S. and with the tools you have investigate his joint acquisition of Twitter with foreign governments, which include the Saudis? Okay. The question is basically, you know, is this guy working with the Saudi Arabians in order to to spread misinformation, alter the elections, whatever else it is? On the surface, I don't see anything that that Musk has done that would be illegal. He bought a company. He wants to run it into the ground. He can. He wants to use that company to spread misinformation. He can. He's allowed to. He wants to claim you have free speech, but then ban people he doesn't like. He's allowed to. It's his. That's it. It's like me running a restaurant and saying, you're allowed to have dogs in the patio unless they're chihuahuas. It's my patio. I'm allowed to do whatever I want, right? So here's what she said. Here's the question. joint acquisition of Twitter with foreign governments, which include the Saudis. (laughs) I think that Elon Musk's Cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Good answer, Joe. Thank you. Well done. Well done. That's a good use of our time. Holy cow. Yep. That's a Democratic candidate for 2024. Pretty much if the Republicans run anybody except Trump, they're going to win. It's Chris Maryland for Mike Broomhead, KTAR.